and I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood before the great and the terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. everybody welcome back to the remnant call this is your host brother frank glad you are here with me tonight and i'm thankful to be alive um it's been a crazy year uh the times um as they say are changing and i think they've already changed uh you know there's there's this whole history we look back through the word of god um from the beginning to when yeshua walked the earth when jesus was here he he talked about how the prophets had looked for the things to come that he was there fulfilling. And we look back now and we see that all these things God said in the word in his word they have really literally come to pass. Now I am a firm believer in duality in the Bible. I believe in dual fulfillments in many places in the word of God. For God speaks once, yea, twice, but man perceiveth that not. There is dual fulfillment in the Bible. Uh, there is physical, and then there's spiritual. Uh, but I have learned something through the years, that the Bible is so often very literally fulfilled. And so, folks, I'd like you to remember that as you hear so much stuff going on out there in the Internet and all these different things, look at the literalness of what is happening when compared to the Word of God, that it's actually happening right the way that the Lord said it would. And so I, I'm not dismissing the spiritual part. This is a spiritual book that must be discerned spiritually, but there is so much literalness that is happening. I'll give you a quick example. In the mid-1800s, uh, there was a great awakening happening in the United States. There was a a powerful rise in the move of God, and people were on fire all over. Some of the greatest uh, people, like Fenny and other modern, you know, people we talk of today, as uh, back in the 1800s, there was so bringing so many people to Christ. And and um, the thing is, is that even though there was a great awakening, and many people wrote interpretations of the Word of God, not everything was opened yet. So when they were looking, many were looking at the mark of the beast, let's say, for example. They saw the, the right hand where the mark was at, and, and then they saw it was in the forehead. And they thought, well, right hand, meaning your, your actions, and then your, your forehead, meaning your thoughts. And because to, they could not see today's technology coming to pass. And yes, it is. Your right hand being your actions and your, your forehead being your thought, meaning you make a choice. to take. I'm, I'm, I don't disagree with that. But now we see the very literalness of this prophecy where we see implantable chips. We see the technology that is out there and that it truly is something that no man may buy nor sell. And a move to a cashless society brings these things about. And it makes perfect sense now because the word is like the mark that's it's like to scratch. 
And and so we see that these things are, are happening right the way the Word of God said. Not that the spiritual side's not true. It is. But it's very literal. Which brings up tonight's episode that we're going to talk about tonight. The coming tribulation. Folks, it is absolutely coming. It's going to be devastating. It's going to be a time like you have never seen. And for some people in some countries, it's already there for them. For some people in some countries right now, they're already going through very, very, coming here to the United States too. We are not immune. But the coming tribulation, the voice of God, dead men hear God's voice. That is tonight's program. It's important. It means something. And I'm asking you to listen closely because I cannot stress to you enough that you must hear from the Lord in these hours. You must hear from God in the coming times ahead because you cannot trust any man or woman to be your guide. You must trust the Lord to guide you. You must believe that God can do what he said he could do, that he can actually lead you. That he can bring you through the valley of the shadow of death. That we can wait upon the Lord. You've got to trust in him. Tonight we're going to talk about that. Because these are dire times that we are in right now. And we must be able to hear the voice of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you so much. I thank you that you... Stand by the things that you say, Lord. I thank you that the promises in your word, they are yes and amen. I thank you that the things that you say, that we can take those to the bank, we can stand on them, they are solid, they do not move, they will be firm until the very end of time. So I ask, Lord, tonight in this show, that you would help us to understand what it is that's keeping us back from hearing your voice. Lord, lead your people. Lord, allow your people to be led, is my prayer, in your holy and powerful name. Amen. I don't know about you, but there are times when I just wish God would just drop a word of knowledge right into my brain. Or he would give me a dream to tell me exactly what I need to know or need to hear. Or I'm trying to find something, and the Lord would give me a vision where that thing was at. I know many of you know what I'm talking about. But sometimes it seems like a real struggle for us to get a word from the Lord. I think it's a fair question for me to ask. Do you struggle to hear from God? Now, folks, I want to make it very clear and plain as I get into this episode. God speaks in a plethora of different ways. He speaks one literally. Yes, he does. He speaks literally. He also speaks through his word. He also speaks through other people. And he also speaks through different signs and wonders. The key is, can we discern what is our flesh and what is God? See, that's the key right now, because I promise you right now, your flesh speaks to you often. It tells you what you want to hear, 
when you want to hear it, and many times you end up telling other people that that is the voice or that is the word of God speaking to you. I want to tell you to be very careful with that. Be very careful when you say that the Lord says something, because you do not have the right to say he said something if he has not said it. We need to be very, very careful on that. Because speaking when God has not spoke on his behalf is absolutely wrong, and you need to stop doing it right now. And folks, I want to tell you something else, too. When trying to listen to these so-called people who claim to hear the voice of the Lord, the Bible has a true test in there for what it is to hear the word of the Lord. I think I went through it um, on one of the episodes way back um, on unholy days, rise of the false prophets or something. I went through the biblical test of what it means to hear the voice of the Lord. It's laid out clearly, or what is truly a word from the Lord. Also, out of everything else too, the Bible says that by their fruits ye shall know them. So if someone is coming out, okay, and they're having a big revival, and people are flocking down to Florida to see them, okay, and they're talking about you know, kicking people in the face with their boot, and they're having an affair, uh, on, you know, with their uh, assistant while they're going on claiming this great, you know, revival and this great anointing that's going on. And the fruits of that person speak absolutely contrary to the truth. The Bible says that by their fruits ye shall know them. So when someone keeps telling you, I've got a word from the Lord, I've got, by their fruits ye shall know them, and you have the right to ask for a second witness. The Bible says, out of the mouth of two or more witnesses shall all things be confirmed. I want to get that straight, because there are many people out there that have believers in absolute bondage from their false words that they are speaking from their own flesh. And because of a lack of discernment in the body of Christ today, people are so bound up, they don't know what is right and what is wrong. Folks, if I took everything that everybody told me as truth and gospel from the word without getting a confirmation, I would be in absolute turmoil. I had somebody tell me this week that the Lord was going to punish me over something else. I don't remember you know, the whole context of it all. But folks, I, I've got to follow God, no matter what somebody says to me. Now, if I've done wrong, that's one thing. I will repent. But just because somebody doesn't like something that I had to share with them, you know, I have to stand on the truth. If you remember, there was a prophet one time that was told to go up, you know, into the northern country there, and he was told to go a certain way and did not come back the same way and did not turn back or listen to anybody else but do what the Lord said. And he didn't do it. He listened to somebody else because they said they had a word from the Lord, and he got ate by a lion. Now, there's a lot more to that story than just that. But the truth is, God said from the beginning, I want you to follow and do what I say. He told him the exact things to do. And when the Lord lays it out in his word on what we're supposed to do, we need to follow that. So sometimes, though, it seems, though, like you get stuck and you're like, Lord, I'm not hearing anything from you. I mean, you just want the Lord to speak to you and, and just kind of help us take the guesswork out of what we're doing to help us get out of the dilemma that we find ourselves in i don't know about you but there are times for me 
that I would just love the Lord to just instantly answer that prayer question for me, whatever it is, and deliver my soul immediately. But I have found through experience that patience and time are key for waiting on the voice of the Lord. You know, it's interesting. The Bible says in John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. So we read that verse and we know the Lord wants us to know and understand his voice. However it is he's speaking to you, right? he wants us to understand that. But many times it feels like he's not saying anything. And I want to dig into this a little bit deeper because there's a story in the Word of God that you all are familiar with, but it addresses this situation very, very directly. Starting in John chapter 11, and I want to start in verse 1. I'll give you a second to get your Bibles. John 11, verse 1. You know this story, but I want you to pay close attention to what's going on in this story. Now, a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore her, his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he, who, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, The sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of the Lord, that the Son of God might glor be glorified thereby. So she sends a word off to the Lord. The Lord returns the word back to this, whoever it was that delivered it. He says, listen, this sickness, it's not going to be permanent, okay? It's not going to be a final resting death. This sickness is for the glory of God. That is the very first thing that the Lord says at the very beginning of this story and makes it plain. What has happened to Lazarus? This is for God's glory. Don't need to fret. Don't have to worry. What is happening here is not going to be permanent. God's going to do something amazing. Verse 5, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Then after that, he said to his disciples, let us go into Judea again. His disciples said unto him, Master, the Jews of late saw to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? Jesus answered, are there not twelve hours in the day? In any, if any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth not the light of this world. But if a man walk in night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. Now remember. Jesus is now going to go after two days down to where Lazarus is at. Okay, he is he's dead. He's in the you know here he's sick. He's he's dying and 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 Jesus is going down there. And so he said clearly at the beginning. Remember, this is for God's glory. Okay, this is not some sickness to death. This is for God's glory. But they were still concerned what was going to happen to Jesus. They had not heard a single word yet that he had said. Verse 11, These things said he, and after that he said unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of his sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleepeth, he shall do well. Howbeit Jesus spoke of his death, but they 
thought that he had spoken of taking of rest in sleep. Then Jesus said unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Now, Jesus is talking clearly. Okay, something's coming here. I'm glad I wasn't there because I need you to believe and see something amazing that's about to happen. So in verse 16, it says, Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellowship, Let us also go, that we may die with him. Then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave for four days already. So even after Jesus said that Lazarus' death is for the glory of God, it's not permanent, they are telling Jesus, don't go. This, you're going to get stoned. Then he says, no, this is not, don't worry about it. This is, this is going to be okay. And then Thomas says, oh, well, let's all go and just die. Nobody is listening to a single word that the Lord is saying. Now, verse 18, Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. Now I want you to listen closely, folks, what she is saying. She is actually blaming the Lord for the death of her brother. Lord, if you would have been here, he wouldn't have died. I find it amazing that the very first person blamed for sin in the Bible was God. Look, this woman that you gave me, Adam blamed the Lord for sin. And now here Lazarus has died, and somehow it's Jesus' fault that he has died. Nobody has listened to a single word. Jesus already told the messenger that this was not unto death. It was not permanent. It's for God's glory. Yet nobody was listening. It is his fault. They're blaming the Lord. It's the same thing that happens so often in our lives. We don't get what we want. We don't take the time to hear from what God has to say. And the next thing you know, when it doesn't go the way we think it is, the first person that gets blame is the Lord. Lord, why didn't you hear me? Lord, what have I done wrong? And you know what's amazing? The most often thing we think, Lord, what have I done? Am I being punished? Why do we always think that God is trying to punish us for every single thing that we do wrong? I mentioned this in the last program. If Christ died for you while you were yet a sinner, why do you make one mistake? Do you think he all of a sudden hates you? What a terrible, terrible testimony to the very character of God. But I know, verse 22, that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give thee. Jesus said unto her, thy brother shall rise again. Now listen, she's in tribulation right now. Her brother's passed away. She didn't listen to anything that the Lord sent back to the messenger initially. She hasn't heard anything, but now she, in a moment, rises up and says, yes, okay, now I'm going to believe, okay? The Lord can do this, and so Jesus says, yes, your brother, he's going to rise again. Okay, I'm going to do this thing. Martha said unto him, verse 24, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And so Martha, Jesus just says, your brother's going to rise again. And so Martha's like, well, okay, Lord, I know I just asked you if you could, you could do it right now. But, but, and I know he can raise again, and I, but it, it's not till the last day. And, and I could almost hear the Lord's 
you know, he's, he's got to be so frustrated in his voice. He's trying to tell them that your brother is going to raise again. I mean, how many times has God told us, I've got you, I am with you. I, I, you know, I'm not going to forsake you, I'm going to never leave you. And if you ask for forgiveness, I will forgive you. Yet we go over and over again, bringing up the same issues that the Lord has already moved past, yet we can't seem to let it go. Jesus says unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? See, Jesus is trying to say, Martha, would you stop putting your faith in this world and what you see with your eyes? I know Lazarus in in the grave, but right now I'm trying to tell you, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life, and he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet he shall live. Martha, do you believe this? She said unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. She really didn't answer him back exactly. I can't imagine what the Lord's saying. He's asking her, do you believe that I can raise your brother? She says, well, yes, Lord, I believe that you you are the one that's come into the world. She really didn't believe. She did not believe what the Lord was saying. Listen, Listen what happens, verse 28. And when she had so said, she went her way and called Mary, her sister, saying secretly, the master is come and calleth for thee. Because you, if, if she would have believed it, she would have went back and said, don't worry about it, sister. The Lord's here. He's going to raise my brother. It's going to be okay. Our brother is going to be all right again. It's going to be okay. But she didn't believe the Lord was trying to tell her directly to her face. Your brother will rise again. Listen, because listen what happens. And soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came unto him. So Mary here listens to what Martha says. Mary goes running out. Listen to what she says. She goes to him. Now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but he was in that place where Martha met him. The Jews then came which were with her in the house, and comfort her. When they saw Mary, she rose up hastily and went forth and followed her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. You see what's going on in this story. The Lord is desperately trying to get a word through. That your brother is going to live again. Yet nobody is listening to a single word that the Lord is saying. Folks, I'm trying to tell you right now, God is speaking and the church is not listening. These people are not listening because we're so tied up in what's going on in the world and what's going on in our electronics and what's going on with everything else except what God is actually talking about in this hour. And I'm going to tell you why I know that. 
Because if I have a program and I put something that's a shocking title, I get tons of views. But if I talk about walking deeper with the Lord, I get less views because people only care about what is shock and awe that they can get in a few moments and get out. Because when it comes to truly getting deep with God, people aren't interested and they're angry because they don't hear his voice and they don't know what he's saying and their Bibles are closed. They're barely reading it all and they're complaining, God, speak. And like I said last week, how can you say God's not speaking when the word is closed and you're not in their prayer closet spending time with the Lord? These were people who were walking with the Lord and they still were not listening. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping which came with her, he groaned in his spirit and was troubled. Our Lord is so merciful. Even in our absolute ignorance, God still cares about what's on your heart. They were not listening, still even blaming the Lord for what had happened because he wasn't there. And yet when he saw the travail of their hearts, he was broken. He was broken. And Jesus said, where have ye laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. In the most powerful verse, I think in the, almost the most powerful in the entire New Testament. Jesus wept. Our God wept when he saw the brokenness of his people. You see, the Lord is trying so desperately to get a word through to the remnant today. And those that call themselves believers. But we got so much garbage going on in this world that we can't seem to get alone with God anymore. We'll go to the next YouTube channel and play the next crazy warning that's out there. And folks, I, trust me, I believe it. We are in the end. This is the hour. But I am so concerned that those that call themselves believers are simply hearing the word and doing nothing about their lives. They only care about what's the right now, and they're not worried about actually going deeper with God. And I'm telling you, this superficial religion that for many people, which has become their own gods, is not enough to save you. Only the Lord can save you. It's time that we begin to start to seek His face. He's trying to speak in this hour. My question is, are you listening? Verse 36. Then said the Jews, behold, how he loved him. This was not fake. They saw the anguish of our God as he saw the mourning of those who lost someone that they loved and someone that he loved. How do you think he feels when someone goes to the grave and they don't know who he is. 
How do you think the Lord feels when we don't share the good news of the gospel with someone and we let him just walk off a cliff without saying, hey, man, there, woman, there's a better way out there. There's something more for you out there. And we just let them go off the end of the cliff because we, don't, we care more about what's going on in our lives and we don't hardly care anything about the lost and the poor and those who don't have and they need from God and we should be there to feed them and, and help them and to take care of them. Yet we're so busy with our lives, careers. And folks, I can tell you this year, my career has consumed way too much time. And it frustrates me. Because what's what? Listen, my job is going to fail one day. This company will. This economy is going to fail, and the only thing I have to deliver me is the Lord and my family. I cannot stand upon a salary and think that is going to somehow save me. And I get frustrated when I get busy, so busy that it takes away my time from the Lord. Because it's that precious time with God that makes the differences in our lives. And I'm afraid too many people that are listening are so wrapped up in this world that they're an absolute disaster. Even though they acclaim to others they're walking with the Lord. Yet in their spirits they've been completely destroyed. God has a better plan. Verse 37, and some of them said, could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should have not died? Can you believe it? How many people are going to mock the Lord? In this hour, look at the world we live in. It's, it, look, even back in Jesus' day, it's his fault for everything that's going on. And here our God's broken. I mean, what's wrong with us? What's wrong with us that we blame God for so many things? And all he wants to do is help. There are consequences in this world, but that doesn't mean God doesn't love us. It doesn't mean he's not there through them with us. Verse 38, Jesus therefore again groaning in himself cometh to the grave. It was a cave and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was, that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh. He, he hath been dead four days. Martha, aren't you going to listen? Man, aren't you going to listen? He's been trying to tell you over and over again. Listen to the sound of his voice. Jesus said unto her, said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. I can hear it in his voice. He's trying to tell his people that he's about to do something. And yet nobody is listening to what the Lord is saying. How many times, folks, is God trying to speak to us through His Word, through somebody else, through through a, in prayer, for, through wh however, but yet we're so wrapped up in what we've either been taught in church 
or whether we've heard from somebody else or what's going on in our lives and the drama about us, we fail to listen to what God has to say. Verse 41, took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was bound about him, a napkin. Jesus said unto them, Loose him and let him go. Then many of the Jews came to Mary and had said the things which Jesus did, believed on him. You see, that day in all the chaos and everything that was going on, the only person that was listening to a word that Jesus had to say was Lazarus. Those who are claiming to be believers, those who are running around playing church, those who were full of religion were not hearing what the Lord had to say. But a dead man, wrapped in grave clothes, was listening intently to the voice of the Lord. Only through the ears of a dead man, in this hour it seems, that the Lord's voice is being heard clearly. John 12, 24 and 25 says this, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. You see, Jesus is saying right here, listen, unless this corn of grain falls into the earth, and it, it, it has to die. Because if it won't die, it's not going to crack open. And if it doesn't crack open, then it won't receive the nutrients of the earth, and it will just simply shrivel up. But if it dies and it cracks open, then the nutrients from the ground will come in, and it will grow up into a beautiful uh, stalk of corn or wheat. And so what Jesus is saying right here, that if we are not willing to die to ourselves, you see, we've got, folks, we've got to be willing to lay this flesh down. We've got to be willing to set this aside because it's when we die to self that the, body, that the heart can finally open up and begin to receive the nutrients of the Lord. You know, sometimes these trials that you're going through, these things that are going wrong, God's trying to say, listen, I need to break you for a moment, okay? And maybe it's the devil doing it or whatever, but God can use it for good. And the Lord's asking, trying to get a little bit of that nutrient of His Spirit into you. But we keep shutting it down, and we keep closing it off, and we get involved in something else. Folks, I wish you would not listen to this program again if it meant that you would spend your time seeking the Lord with all of your heart and, and studying in His Word and seeking after Him. Folks, because that is the most important thing out there. Yes, we know this is the end. This is the hour. These are the times. It's chaos out there. Trump is not the deliverer of the United States. 
no political party is. It is God that it will be our deliverer. And if he is going to tell his body of believers what to do, we must be listening. Only through the ears of a dead man can the voice of the Lord be heard clearly in this hour. It's time to turn down the world's chaos. It was only after this miracle people would finally believe. John 5.25 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and they that hear shall live. You see, the, the Lord is waking people up, right? They're coming to the Lord, and he needs somebody like they went to Lazarus. You see, they pulled Lazarus out. He had grave clothes on him, and so he asked him, he says, listen, I need you to go over now and take those grave clothes off. See, the Lord needs people right now that are awake to help unwrap the grave clothes off these new believers coming in so we can help disciple and raise them up to know the fall of the way of the Lord. That the problem is we get new believers come in. Nobody wants to spend any time with them. Nobody wants to disciple them. Nobody wants to help remove the grave clothes. And we leave them to wander about aimlessly because the body of believers are consumed in themselves in this very hour. We hate the struggle. And we hate when we have to pray for more than two minutes to get an answer. We don't like that. And God is asking, is it just any point in our lives that we will finally say, okay, Lord, now I'm ready to listen. There's a story of an emperor moth that is powerful, and I want to share it with you. A man had found a cocoon, a cocoon of the emperor moth, and he took it home to watch it emerge. One day, a small opening appeared. And for several hours, this moth struggled, but couldn't seem to force its body past a certain point. Deciding something was wrong, the man took scissors and he snipped the remaining bit of the cocoon. The moth emerged easily, its body large and swollen, the wings small and shriveled. He expected that in a few hours, the wings would spread out in their natural beauty, but they did not. Instead of developing into a creature free to fly, the moth spent its life dragging around swollen body and shriveled up rings. You see, the constricting cocoon and the struggling was necessary to pass through the tiny opening are God's ways of forcing the fluid in that little bug's body into its wings. That so-called merciful snip was in reality cruel. You see, sometimes the struggle is exactly what we need. Sometimes that hardship is what helps to set us up for success. God is asking us if we could just slow down and listen up because he's speaking again in these hours. The Lord promised to never leave us nor forsake us. Got to get about his business once again. Joel chapter 2, verse 12 and 13. Therefore also now saith the Lord, 
Turn ye even to me with all your hearts and with fasting and with weeping and with mourning and rend your heart and not your garment and turn unto the Lord your God for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and great in kindness and repenteth him of the evil. The Lord saying it's now is the time to put this crazy stuff aside that is distracting you from getting, entering into a deeper walk with me to put down this electronics for a while. I'm not saying that the internet is all bad. There's good stuff out there. What I'm trying to say is that God is asking us to turn and to get alone with him. It's time to fast and pray and seek and weep and mourn, and the Lord will be there with us. Rend your heart and not your garment. Quit talking about being a believer and now humble yourself before the Lord and the Lord will raise you up. Turn unto the Lord your God. You see, the Bible says very clearly, seek ye first the kingdom of God and then all the other stuff, all the other thing that you need will be added unto you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all things shall be added unto you. That's what he's saying. He's not saying, add everything first, then seek me. He says, no, put the other stuff down, seek me, and I'll take care of everything else. Folks, there are struggles going on so bad right now. There's so much death, cancer, sorrow, sickness, unbelief, disbelief, anger, everything you can imagine, every foul, disgusting sin going on in this world right now. And God needs us to hear his voice in this hour. What if the Lord wants you to move somewhere else? Are you listening that you can hear? You see, it's not that you pray the prayer of Jabez, okay? It's not that you do something a certain way. It's that we humble ourselves before the Lord so that he can speak to us freely. See, when we fast and we pray and we seek the Lord, we are emptying ourselves that God can then in turn fill us back. And he can speak freely in this hour. There's a little poem I want to share with you. It goes like this. God hath not promised skies ever blue, flowers strewn pathways always for you. God hath not promised sun without rain, joy without sorrow, peace without pain. But he hath promised strength from above, unfailing sympathy, and undying love. Nobody said it was going to be easy. But God promised that he would get us through. Folks, hearing the voice of the Lord is the key in this hour. We must hear what God wants us. That means we get in prayer, we start reading his word, and we seek his face with everything we got. And God will speak when he's ready. We're not going to force him. We're not going to make him speak right now. He will speak when he's ready. We will ask him. We will believe it. And then we will wait for him to speak when he is ready to speak. Well, I learned years ago one of the keys from David Wilkerson on hearing the voice of the Lord. Patience. Patience. Because the flesh loves to speak quickly. We must be patient on the Lord. Folks, I can tell you right now, I have been through so many experiences in my life where I have asked and prayed. I have wanted and sought. I have expected and believed. 
and I didn't receive it right away, but at the very last moments, when there was no chance that I could deliver myself, I have seen the Lord come through so many times that I remember I'd shared this a while back. I was in a Chinese church uh, speaking, doing an evangelism crusade. And, and I remember that I was having so much trouble with this interpreter. I've spoken through interpreters over in, uh, in foreign countries in the mountains of Africa. I, I know how to talk through translators. And, and I couldn't get a rhythm going with this. And this lady tells me, he's, he's kind of reinterpreting things you're saying. And I was so frustrated. And, and, I, and I don't know why I didn't pray earlier about this directly with God. I kept being frustrated and angry. And I didn't know what to do. And so finally, out of desperation, I'm getting ready to speak. And I cry out in my heart, Lord, I remember all the times you've come through for me. I was in desperate need, Lord, and you always there. And today, Lord, I need you to come through. And I'll never forget that day when I got up. What seemed to be the most difficult translations I have ever had all of a sudden was cleared up to the most smoothest running thing I could imagine. And I spoke that day of what it meant to have revival in their church and how to have revival through the biblical model of revival, through prayer and fasting, how the always happened the same way through the Word and by God's model of doing it His way could be successful. And you know what? They took it seriously and they said, we're going to do these things. And I saw that day the hand of God actually come to pass because out of desperation I cried out in remembrance. I called upon the Lord because I knew He was faithful and I hadn't seen it yet, but I needed it. And God came through right at the very last minute and it gave me faith again to always remember He's got my back. The coming tribulation, the voice of God, dead men and women are hearing clearly in this hour. I mean dead to the flesh, dead to this world, and alive unto God. This is Brother Frank with the Remnant Call saying to everybody, good night and shalom.